Let's go to Mark chapter number 9, verse 24. And I'm going to speak to you on the subject of the prophet, a prophetic word, and prophetic instinct. The prophet, a prophetic word, prophetic instinct. There is a discussion, a debate, uh, a dispute on a certain position. And Jesus is uh, trying to direct uh, the spiritual leaders and the, the lawyers on a particular issue. And so in the middle of that, there is a demonic manifestation on a child, a young boy. The Bible doesn't tell us how old he is. So we pick up the story in Mark chapter number 9 and verse 24. And straightway the father of the child began to plead with Jesus with tears Lord help my unbelief because the boy was sick the devil had taken over him and the boy died and somebody said don't trouble the master your son has died and so Jesus turned to him and said only believe all things are possible he was crying now. He says, help me in my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked that foul spirit and said to that spirit, you dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of this boy and do not enter anymore. Father, thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one of the things that we, we, we have to contend with in dealing with human beings as a whole is belief. All things are possible to him that will believe. And so you are what you are because of what you believe. But believing is, is, is both positive and negative because you can believe the wrong thing and be the wrong thing. And in, in principle, uh, the Bible says that we all have the measure of faith. In other words, so when you are born a human being, you are given the ability to believe. And it's given in a measure, in a quantity, in, uh, as, as part of being in the God class. It is not possible for a human being not to believe. And so a dog or a horse or whatever animal doesn't sit down and think, shucks, I've got to change my living conditions. I've got to build myself a new kennel. I've got to change my diet. You know, a, a lion doesn't say, I think I'm going to be a vegan. Give me a break. <laughs> I, I don't understand that one either. 
but but in terms of 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 the intellect they have a certain degree of intellect and a certain degree of intelligence where decisions can be made but within the human family our intellect not just our academic ability or lack thereof there is an inherent and innate sense of faith that has been built into us where we believe and we have enough of that to believe that we can get better every human being no matter where you are in the world no matter where you travel in the world uh, you know when i went to nicaragua for the first time it stunned me to see poverty in some places worse than what i'd seen in africa and that was the first time i i realized that poverty was not an african problem that poverty is actually a demonic uh strategy a demonic force and i began to see that even people in that kind of poverty in south america every person was trying to get out every person was trying to get better every person was looking for a better way to live and i then realized that that is built in faith everyone is say help me believe and so you have to firstly believe in yourself number 2 you have to believe in those around you so as a mom a dad a grandparent please pour into the kids early to believe is everybody tracking with me it's also important that we believe in the gift that god has given us say i believe in my gift every person has a gift and the gift is here to serve a particular purpose and your gift does open doors for you you also have to believe that you are sent for your time this is your time this is your time say this is my time and so you are sent here in this time for a particular purpose and so my personal belief is that you are sent to a people you are sent to a place you are sent with a purpose you can't live an entire life without making a contribution you have to make a contribution we are sent in our purpose and our purpose then is in a process I mean somebody's trying to talk to me on their phone There, there is a process that all of us have to go through. Are you in university? Why not? Well, thank you so much. Are you going to do your masters? You should. Are you going to do your PhD? Well, you should. She's giving me like a a, a slap answer. I'm trying to help you. And so uh when you started in in grade 1, I'm not sure what the education system is in the US. But when you started in grade 1, did you graduate with your bachelor's? No. But you had the desire to. And you 
even as a young child, had an understanding that from where you are to where you want to go is a process. And that even if at some point you are awarded a PhD for your life work, your work in that process qualifies you for your PhD. I think that is the system. And so everything we do in life is a process. It would be wonderful if a baby could be conceived in an evening and born the next morning. It would be wonderful, but it's nine months. And then it's like it would be gravy. It was like a photograph or oh, out of focus. Let's try again. <laughs> My phone is pinging from everywhere. And so it is important to understand that anything worth having and worth keeping has to go through a process. But you have to have faith in the process. Because the process sometimes is so difficult, it could exasperate you definitely, but some people die in the process. I did military training during my early years, and there was a document we had to sign that if we die in the process of being made a soldier, it was on us and not on the instructor. Because some of the drills we had to go through were so scary. I remember our first night getting to the camp where we were training. There was a huge, huge telephone pole. And so the guy, the instructor said to me, Bismarck, do you have a girlfriend? I said, no. He said, well, I'm going to give you a girlfriend today. Kiss this telephone pole and say, baby, I love you. It, it was Valentine's Day. It was the 14th of May. 14th of February, and said, kiss this pole and say, baby, we're together for the next eight weeks. Come on. Bismarck, you don't even know how to kiss. Kiss that pole. And he said, this is going to be your girl for the next eight weeks. You're going to carry this thing. You're going to hold this thing. And the first week and a half, we could hardly lift that pole. By the time we got to 10 days, 14, 15, 16 days, 20 days, were able, able to run with that telephone pole. And then we, they would take a couple of guys and put them on top of the pole, and we had to run with that pole. By the time we were finished training, just a handful of us were able to hold that telephone pole just with one hand. And so from not being able to, to do something through a process, we became so strong. I could hold my rifle at the flash, and, and with my hand like this, whereas before, I could hardly hold a brick. And so the point I'm saying is that for a desired end, you have to be willing to go through the process. And part of the process is developing in faith. Everyone say faith. You have to develop in faith. One of the tools to develop faith is the tool of prophecy. It's being able to call a thing. And so chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, we may all prophesy. And so prophecy is a gift given to every human being. It is our, it is our God-given gift to call a thing. And so in church, we have a, a charis gift called the gift of prophecy, where when the spirit of utterance is in the place, 
And, and it feels like something is about to break forth in a word of utterance. The prophetic gifts in the house would be given a chance to prophesy and give a word. Or there would be a person who has a prophetic anointing where somebody may speak in an unknown tongue and someone will interpret that tongue. Those gifts within that confine could have a prophetic word for some person or for the church or for some region. But that is a setting of a prophetic anointing in a place for a moment. But for every person that's a human being, built in every person is the ability to call a condition in a different manner. And so as an African man living in Zimbabwe, Decades ago, Chich and I said prophetically, we are never, ever going to die poor. We said that. Our circumstances said else. Our circumstances said something different. But prophetically, we made a declaration. We will never die poor. Not now, not ever. And so people that heard us say that felt we were being foolish and possibly even irresponsible. But our prophetic gift knew better to say that God has built something inside of us that's so strong, we will not accept what the economy, what the political system has handed down to us. Now, now you can be satisfied living in your mud hut, but as for me and my house, prophetically, that's not my deal. I need a stronger amen than that. God gave you a gift or a series of gifts. And one of those is the ability to call a thing that is not as though it already is. And your name might be Abram. And God's going to change your name to Abraham, which means you will be named something before you manifest it. And even if it takes you 25 years before it happens, in your lifetime, it is going to happen. And so you are your greatest prophet. You must prophesy on your life. Yes, yes, amen. You, you can and should say every day. See, Chichi uh, 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 and I have three sons now. Bernstein is late, but our oldest son, Dreen, I went with his wife, Tariro, to Malawi to preach for the Assemblies of God, Malawi. It was their 70th anniversary. And the, the celebration was in Silverton Stadium. And uh, 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 there must have been about 20,000 pastors in the stadium. I learned in the course of that three-day conference that 80 or 90% of all the pastors there, that's probably 18,000 pastors, did not have a church building. And that their building where they met was sticks, grass, and mud. That's where they met. And I was abhorred by the fact that men had been serving for decades as pastors living in poverty conditions that were so abject. I was annoyed, aggravated, 
angered. I was so mad. I was spitting clots of fire. To think that here are people who are born again. Here's an organization that's been in existence for 70 years. And 90% of its leadership are in poverty. Didn't own shoes. Didn't have second change of clothes. And were worshipping in sticks. People saved sick. Saved poor. Saved had no future. And I was so mad we got them to chant, I hate poverty. Shout, I hate poverty. Now, what, what might be considered poverty here is not what might be considered poverty of what I'm referring to. But my point that I'm driving home to you here is that those people in their poor conditions could not believe that they could come out of the, those conditions. They looked at me as an African in a nation just probably 250 miles by air, nautical miles by air, they looked at me as somebody special, that God had selected me as an African man that somehow was very special and God loved me more than he loved them. And for me to convince them that was not the case, we had to challenge a belief system that they were blocked in. They had a deaf and dumb spirit, couldn't hear and couldn't speak. And even if they tried to speak, they were muzzled and told, that's not your portion. Let me just interject here, the devil is a liar. And he is the father of lies. As a nation, America, you believe as a nation. And within the belief system of this nation, there are people groups who are made not to believe. You can believe. It's what you guys call the American dream. You can be anything you want to be. We have systems in our world where we're told you can't be what you want to be. And so I'm just saying here to that deaf and that dumb spirit, you better open that big mouth of yours. Don't put golden corral food in it only. Open your mouth and say like Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest. It may not happen here, but it's going to happen in my lifetime. I believe... Give somebody a high five and say, use your hand for something good. Come on, high five somebody. Say, you're going to believe, you're going to believe, you've got to believe, you've got to believe, you've got to believe, you've got to believe. All the money. And so we then deal with the prophet. God is the first prophet in the Bible. He gets up and God says... Let there be light. In an environment where there is no light. In an environment where there is no sound. And so, for a building, God is building the earth. The most important thing in a building is the building itself. The second most important thing in a building is sound. God said that sound. Sound is pretty good in this church. And the second most important thing is light. God said, let there be light. And so for me, as a person of color, light is important. I have to have a lot of light in my face if I'm speaking into a camera. Because if there's not enough light in my face, I look angry constantly. Whereas light can make me look better. And so Bishop Hurd shining there with all his hair and that silver beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You look better on TV than I look. 
But if we go into a real fashion show, I'm telling you, I'm coming out the man who's Denzel. So, so you need light. And so the light of your spirit has to shine through. And the way that shines through, you got to open your mouth and say something. You have to talk to your neighborhood. You have to talk to Houston. You have to tell Texas, I am here. I have a right to be here. The earth has to yield its increase. You talk to your house. Jesus spoke to a tree and told it it will not have fruit. Imagine if he told the tree you will be fruitful. God has commanded you to be fruitful. So prophesy on your stuff. Tell your car you have four years left. Don't tell your car you're dying. Speak to your tires. You are going to give me 20,000 miles and not 10. Talk to your wardrobe. Talk to your, talk to your oil. Talk to your meal. Elijah did it. Talk to your well. If you're a leper outside the city, you tell the city, I refuse to sit here and die. I'm going to the enemy's camp and my enemy will feed me. I'll never be fired from this job. I'll buy this business and I will own it. Turn to your neighbor, say, you've got to prophesy. If you don't open your mouth and prophesy, the devil will lie to you in the morning. He lied to you at lunchtime. He lied to you in the evening time. The devil will send a Goliath in the morning to threaten you. Goliath will get up in the evening and threaten you. You gotta open your mouth and say something. Use your first name and say three times, Judah, say something. Come on. Judah, say something. Say something. Say something. Because if you don't say something, some space will say something on your behalf. Clap your hands if you have to. And so God prophesied. He's the first one to prophesy. After that, we have angels that were used to prophesy. They were angels that would invade time and space and, and arrive in a human event. And they would prophesy on people, both good and or destruction. But then God used human beings to prophesy. So before the era of prophecy, which comes in Genesis 20 and verse 7, I'll get there. God told people what to say. And he told people what to do. So God told Noah to build an ark. And Noah said, a flood is coming. He didn't even know what that meant. Noah said, it is going to rain, and there was no reference as to what that actually meant. Because the earth was watered by a mist and a dew. And so God then spoke through individuals. He spoke to Abraham and told him what to do. But the first time we see prophecy is in Genesis 20 and verse 7. 
The Bible says that Abimelech took Sarah to be his wife. And God said to him that somebody else's is terrible. Don't touch someone else's uh, wife. If you touch her, if you touch his wife, amen, it's like you've got a stone in your shoe. I'm going to take you out. Amen. And God said to Abimelech, I'll cut you like a banana steak. And he said, give the man back his wife. And he will pray for you, for he is a prophet. So Abraham, you're a prophet and you don't even know it. Sarah, you are a prophet and you don't even know it. The next time we see the word prophet is in Exodus chapter number uh, 7 and verse 1. God said to Moses, I am making you a God in the presence of Pharaoh and Aaron shall be your prophet. In other words, you don't have the ability to speak because for 40 years you've had this warrant out for your arrest and you've been so afraid to go back to a system that is threatening to abuse you and incarcerate you. But I'm going to get Aaron to speak on your behalf. Turn to somebody and say, if I stop prophesying, will you prophesy for me? Is that your mom? Is that your mom? Is that your mom? Yes, that's what I'm saying. What's wrong with you? You got a degree and you can't even talk. You look older than your mom. That's your mom. And so you have to prophesy on your baby girl. But you have to prophesy on your mom. And tell her that things are going to get increasingly better. Is that your sister? Amen. You got to help each other as a family unit. So Moses, you can't speak. Aaron will speak for you. Miriam, you're a prophet. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 20 that Miriam is a prophet. And so Miriam, I can't dance. So you play the tambourine and dance for me. And so I can't dance. So Chichi usually dances for me. I can't sing. And so my brother Clyde will sing for me. I can't play, so Bernie will play for me. Can you hear what a brother's saying? And so that's why we need a prophetic family. So that if the foot is not able to walk, the hand can do something. If a brother is lying on a bed, four men can lift up that bed. And tear up a roof. And when God sees your faith, a miracle takes place. Turn to your neighbor, say, You gotta prophesy. I feel in my spirit that something's about to get better for somebody in this place. But if it is to be, it is up to me. You got to say something and you got to do something and you got to show up and show out. Shout three times, say, Lord, I believe. Say, Lord, I believe. I suddenly feel a preaching spirit coming on me right here. Lord, I believe that you are able to perform in my life what's always been there. Clap your hands, everybody. I said, clap your hands, everybody. Clap your hands, everybody. 
Something's about to break forth up in this place right here. And so Abraham taught Isaac how to prophesy. He dug wells where there was no water. Isaac taught Jacob how to prophesy. And when he's running away from his brother, the Bible says he came to a certain place and he found the stones of that place and he made those stones his pillows. The stones he used were 12 stones. He hadn't even met Rachel or Leah yet, but inside of him, the prophetic kicked in. He knew there were 12 boys in him. So he raised 12 stones and he lifted the one stone, which was Judah, because he was praising God before Judah was born. And he anointed his head with oil. That head was Judah and Judah had Perez. And in there was David and Solomon through whom Rehoboam came and the rest of the great kings. And the king of kings was right there. So before the devil could kill Jesus, Jacob anointed his head with oil. It was a prophetic instinct. I came to announce I shall not die, but I'm going to live. But God is going to perform his purpose in my life. If you don't have a word, use prophetic instinct. God didn't tell Jake, God didn't tell David, pick up a stone and throw it at the giant. It was instinct. God didn't tell Elijah, raise up an altar. It was instinct. God didn't tell Elisha, strike the river with your mantle. It was instinct. God didn't tell the prophet, dip Naaman seven times. It was instinct. So while you're driving down 610 and you feel something in your spirit, use your instinct. Give someone a high five. Say there's a reason you're sitting next to me. God's about to bless you through me. There's a power in this house to lift your mouth to speak, your ears to hear, your eyes to see, your your hands to build, your feet to walk. A better day is coming in your life. A better moment is breaking through for your life. Give God a praise, somebody. Give God a praise, everybody. Turn to your neighbor. I said, turn to a neighbor. Tell them you'll never walk alone. God said he's with you always by the power of the living God. If you go to the south, the north, the east, the west, he will be there to meet you along the way. The Lord, the Lord is my helper. He's my shield. He's my protector. He's my provider. He answers my prayer. He leads me in the paths. 
time years ago and I'm running because I like to run I'm running and it's hot it, it's Houston hot you gotta go all the way down man. and it's Houston hot and there's a young girl on the side of the road and she's selling tomatoes and greens and she says to me, why are you running and it's so hot? I said, for the same reason you're sitting in the sun and selling tomatoes and greens. I said, why are you selling tomatoes and greens? She said, my mother has to have me make $2 a day. Because that's a day's uh, uh, school fees. And I need $100 to pay my school fees. And so I calculated in my mind, she would have to be on the street for 50 days to raise her school fees. Yes, and so I ran home and I got $100 and took her to her mom. 
And just with a little bit of money, I bought that girl 50 days. Oh, yes. Put her all the way through junior school. Put her all the way through high school. Put her all the way through university. She became a jewelry designer. That was prophetic instinct. Her name is Privilege. We got a message the other day from Privilege. God made a way for a little girl. She's now living in London, England as a jewelry designer. Found a Zimbabwean man, a member of our church, and they got married and they will live happily ever after. Can you imagine if I didn't run that day? Can you imagine if I didn't stop at that moment and ask that woman um, what she was doing there? What would her life have been? And so you have to trust in your prophetic instinct. God, yes, is about to use somebody here to give another person a new lease on life. God, yes, is about to touch your heart and touch your mind to help somebody along the way. You might be an angel sent to help somebody in a trailer park. You might be a university kid Go on a mission trip to Chile And lift up some orphan Say God Give me prophetic instinct Thank God for your prophetic instinct By clapping your hands Stand with me everybody Stand, everybody stand Everybody stand, everybody stand, everybody stand. Thank you for coming this morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Father, I pray for an activation of every series of dry bones. We release an Ezekiel word, an Ezekiel word where things are very dry. And send your rain. That's a big man with his hand lifted right there. Father, bless that big man right there. Bless that big fella. Bless him. Bless him. Bless in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a, there's a blessing sweeping across this place. Like sweeping. You know, Inspire is a well. A very, very deep well. The Bible talks about Abraham digging wells and his wells were seasonal. And then Isaac tried to unstrap some of those wells. And the Philistines closed those wells. The Bible never ever tells us that Jacob built a well or dug a well. But does tell us that Jesus sat on Jacob's well in Seiko on a piece of land he bought for Joseph when he thought Joseph was killed. And even though the Bible doesn't say Jacob in Genesis dug a well, it was only Jacob's well that was never mentioned that stood the test of time. And a well, Jesus came and sat on a well and found a woman who was a sinner in Samaria who became a well. 
And so inspire you are a very deep well. In this well are deep miracle signs and wonders. It's just, I say this respectfully and you understand me. It's just unfortunate and maybe even prudent that your bishop is such a low-key, not hype person. Because if he had taken what really happened in this church and what continues to happen and hyped it and YouTubed it and Instagrammed it and what what other fool is out there? What WhatsApped it and commercialized it and TBN'd it and gay starred it. Uh, all kinds of things may have and could have happened. But the fact that that hasn't happened and is not commercialized, the water is still there. The well is still there. And the well is very deep. And the well is generational. And this well, this well is about to really, about to be reactivated. It's coming out in, in, in gushes and waves. It's coming out in gushes and waves, just like it's gushing out. It's like striking oil. It's like going to be shooting up way into the sky. Amen. That well has been moving here. It's about to gush out. Amen. By the time you hit Thanksgiving, whenever that's going to be. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You better. I'm telling you, it, it's going to be thick, 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 thick in here. Thick. The anointing is going to be so thick. You're about to be anointed with thick, thick oil. Thick oil. Thick oil. Hands in receive mode. Hands in receive mode. Father, release what you have designated to this ministry. Send that huge olive. Now squeeze that oil from that olive on every person, every home, every family, every man, woman, boy, girl, business ministry. We receive the oil in Jesus' name. Amen.